Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Kings with chapter 19. We will study now the second half of chapter 19, where we hear the, res- the response of God through his prophet, Yeshayahu, Isaiah, to the king's prayer, to Hezekiah's prayer. <clears throat> we hear God's response. Hezekiah Chizkiyahu has just prayed to God in the glory of God, for the glory of God. He humbled himself before God and asked that the people be saved from the hands of the king of Assyria. And now Vayishlach Yishayahu ben Amotz, Yishayahu the son of Amotz, sent a message, El Chizkiyahu, to Hezekiah the king, saying, Lemar as follows. Ko Omar Adonai Elohei Yisrael. So says God, the Lord of Israel. Asher hispalal to'elai. That which you prayed to me. Remember we emphasized in the last podcast. That it was key that Chizkiyahu, the king, pray on behalf of the people. Not the prophet. Prophets playing games with their gods. Prophets with a small p. Is, is a trick that, that the idol worshippers did. Yeshayahu made the point when Cheskiyahu sent messengers to Yeshayahu and said, you pray, you pray to your God. Yeshayahu refused to respond. He refused to respond because he needed to make sure that Cheskiyahu would learn the lesson and know that he as the leader needs to humble himself before God and pray. That's the kind of prayer that would be listened to. Not some kind of a magic trick that the prophet has some kind of a special key, special incantation, special ritual that he can do before God and bring about some kind of a, a great outcome. But the king has to pray. So it's Asher Hispalal To Eli, that which you prayed to me, you the king prayed to me, El Sancherev, regarding Sancherev Melachasher, the king of Assyria, Shamati. That's the prayer that I heard. <coughs> we just read verse 20, verse 21. This is the word that God has spoken regarding him, the king Sancherev. Now there's a difference between you King Chizkiyahu and Sancherev, king of Assyria. Sancherev, king of Assyria, is still living in the world of idol worship. The world where one has to sacrifice to his idol. My idol is better. My ritual is better. My prophet is better. My, my wizard is better. As opposed to Chizkiyahu, who prayed for, to the glory of God, the creator and the heaven and the earth. The one who wants us to humble ourselves before him and live by the ways that he commanded us. Right, so this is now. Now that there's that difference has been established, now God will say regarding Sancherev, who's a mere human being, God will say as follows: um, the the virgin daughter of Zion. In other words, the the young nation, the people of Israel. They are they they are 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 despising you or hating you, right? They are making fun of you. They're laughing at you, right? The daughter of Jerusalem turns her head around to look at you and behind to scoff at you, to make fun. 
at Michei Raftavigidafta, who is it exactly that you are going and saying these terrible blasphemies and, 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 and taunts and, against? Who is it that you're saying these things against when you sent Rav Shakeh to say these things? Who are you raising your voice against? And you lift your eyes up high and look up to the skies as if you're the greatest. Al-Kidosh Yisrael. You are saying that about the Holy One of Israel. That's what you're doing. In the hands of your messengers, you have blasphemed against God. And you said to yourself, you said about yourself, with all of my chariots, I have climbed the heights, I have climbed the heights of the mountains, the, the, uh, the, the uh, mountainsides of the, Le- of the Lebanese forest. I cut down the great cedars of Lebanon, the choice um, uh, uh, cypress trees, and I have come to the edges of the forest, and I have went to the deepest of forests. We know the Assyrian Empire was very much responsible for the devastation of the Lebanese forests. Isaiah discussed this in the book of Isaiah. Now Isaiah is saying this again. You think you're such a great guy because you, I climbed the mountains, I chopped the big trees, I made the big chariots, I'm the big... You're looking up at God. And you think to yourself, Ani karti mayim zorim. I dug great, great, great um, wells and drank the waters from all kinds of foreign places because I'm so great. I conquered all these lands and dug all these, these, these wells and springs. Achriv All of the rivers of Matsar, I was the one um, that uh, that I dried them up with my works and my uh, uh, the, the the soles of my feet says to Ishayo, that's you, you're who are you talking against? Thinking of all these great things about yourself. Hello Shamata Lemerachok Osa Asisi? Haven't you heard all of those things that you're bragging about? I was the one that made them a long, long, long time ago. I was here long before you, and I was the one who created all of that. Vitsartia <coughs> I was the one that fashioned it. I was the one that made this happen now. I'm the one that's responsible for creating a world that works this way, not you. I was the one that brought about the situation that led to you having these wars and allowing these cities to now be destroyed. It was me that created the world, not you. Who do you think you are, God is saying? It's because of me and because <coughs> I created these things that the residents of these lands were so frightened of you and they had literally, uh, uh, they were kitsriyad, which literally translates to short hands, which means they had no power to overcome you, Khatu, and they were afraid and they were embarrassed and ashamed in front of you. They were like, like just grass to you in front of you you know it's not your might i was the one that created the world i was the one that was responsible for you becoming a mighty power and trampling your enemies you didn't do anything you're not the mighty one that conquered all those gods and did all these grandiose things it was me that allowed this to happen Chatzir gagos people like the the kind uh, the people that acted in front of you like the Chatzir, the drying 
um, grass that people leave to become hay on their roofs, or the um, the uh, the uh, um, grain that becomes um, uh, uh, dried out before it becomes completely fully grown. This is verse twenty-seven. Uh, where you reside, and your comings and goings, I know them. I know exactly what you're doing all the time. I know your comings. I know your goings. I'm the one that allows you to happen. I'm the one that let this made this happen. And I also know how you are angered against me. And therefore, verse 28, because you are now blaspheming me, because you are angering me, and now I'm looking down at you and I see, oh, you are resting in peace. You think everything's so peaceful and great because you've got it all. That came to my ears. I see it. I recognize that guy who's living with such comfort. He's saying such things about me, God's saying. In the, in the, in the words of Isaiah, I'm going to put my hook in your nose. That's referring to the a nasal ring that was used as a chain to drag slaves with in those days so that they couldn't escape. God says, I'm going to place one of that in your nose. I'm going to put my the bridle in your lips, just like the bridle is placed in a horse to lead it. God said, I'm going to treat you like my animal, like my slave. I'm going to drag you right back on that road that you came to attack Jerusalem. I'm going to drag you right back to Assyria. This is what God says to, uh, regarding the king Sancherev in response to the prayer of Chizkiyahu. But remember, first Chizkiyahu had to make say the prayer because if Chizkiyahu would have acted in the same way as the other kings and, and appealed to his God in the same manner that the other kings appealed to their God, God would have allowed Sancherev to continue. That's the, uh, to continue on his path and destroy Jerusalem. It's because Chizkiyahu turned and recognized that this God, his God, is a different different thing completely. His God is not just a God that you have to find the magic prophet for or the God that you have to say the magic formula for. But his God is the creator of heaven and earth to whom one must be humble before him. Because Chizkiyahu recognized that, Chizkiyahu, that God therefore looked at Sancherev and said, it's time for you to go. And then he turns, the prophet then turns to Chizkiyahu and says as follows. Um, because Chizkiyahu is now thinking, well, just leading Sancherev back, that's not good enough, right? The entire countryside is devastated. Everything of value has been completely wiped clean. Jerusalem is surrounded by walls. We have, how are we going to survive? How are we going to rebuild? And he says, And this is the sign for you that when Sancherev turns around, that God is with you and that God listened to your prayer. He didn't just turn Sancherev around, but he will provide for you. He will bring the nation of Judah back because what's going to happen? This year, you will be able to grow, to eat. Maybe not a lot, but you'll have enough growth in the fields that grow wild that people will have food to eat. In the second year, you will still be able to eat those things and hopefully you'll have enough then to even plant for the future. And by the third year, you'll have enough to ziru, to plant, and harvest, and replant those vineyards that were ravished by the 
Assyrians and you'll eat their fruit and all will be well. And the remnant of the house of Judah right, will then continue, will be able to grow. That which has remained will be able to grow as roots in the ground and therefore bear fruit above. This is classic Isaiah language, classic Isaiah poetry. Because now it's just in Jerusalem. But from Jerusalem the remnant will go out and the refugees will leave the mountain of Zion to repopulate the entire countryside of Yehuda. It is the jealousy, literally it would be jealousy, or the, but, or the anger, or sometimes translated as the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. In other words, it's because God wants to demonstrate that which you prayed for, that He is the one true God, and Sancheirev, will be humbled before him. And now Isaiah in verse 32 turns again uh, uh, God's words to the king of Assyria. Therefore, because of all that I have said, so says God to the king of Assyria. Regarding the king of Assyria, he will not enter this city. He won't even shoot one more arrow. He will not come to the city with his shields, he will not put up a, a siege ramp against the walls of Jerusalem. The same road that he took from Assyria to here, but Yashuv is going to turn around and go right back. Says God, to this city he will not come. I will protect this city, Jerusalem, in order to save it. For my honor, Uleman David Avdi. So here, um, God seems to be saying that the people themselves don't necessarily deserve to be saved based on their behavior. And when we look in the book of Isaiah, we remind ourselves of the kinds of injustice and cruelty and uh, that existed among the people of the time. They weren't exactly the most righteous, but God says, "In my honor, I will save the the, the people the, of Jerusalem." And it was on that night, and a tradition, Jewish tradition has it that this was the night of Passover. That night. And the messenger of God went out, and he struck down in the camp of Assyria. 185,000 soldiers died. When they woke up in the morning, in other words, those that were not killed, and all of them, or, the, or or they, meaning the people of Israel, woke up, and all of the army soldiers was was were dead, lying in the camp. Those that had laid siege to Jerusalem. Uh, the tradition, the rabbis point out, of course, that here it says the Malach Hashem, the messenger of God, as opposed to the same night, many years prior, uh, in the night of the. Uh, Exodus of Egypt, when it was God Himself, not a Malach, not an angel. Here it was an angel. Um, this plague is recorded in in, in as historian Josephus, and it was recorded also in the uh, Greek historian Herodotus, and they related it to some plague of mice. Herodotus talks about some mice that overran the camp. Um, some, which leads some to suggest that this was a, an outbreak of plague of the bubonic plague, which we know is carried by fleas that live on the backs of rats or, and mice. 
the um, certainly a possibility that this was a great plague that broke out. <coughs> um, how exactly God achieves his his justice is is obviously something that he could he has many tools in his box, and bubonic plague is certainly one of them, which would also explain why Chizkiyahu, as we're going to learn soon, the king Chizkiyahu was also ill at this time and had some sort of a skin lesion, which we're going to get to soon in the upcoming chapters, which might have been the buboes that grow on that come on the skin of people that are infected with bubonic plague. Some have suggested that. Whether it's true or not, no one will ever know, of course, but it's certainly an interesting suggestion. And the fact that historians relate this to some being overrun with, with mice or rats uh, might lead one in that direction. Because Sancherev had just suffered this tremendous blow, he therefore tra- traveled, turned around, he went back. Sancherev, the king of Assyria, went and went back to Ninveh, to, which is modern-day Mosul, Ninveh, the capital of Assyria, he returned. On, of course, it's, it's well known that in the, um, on the walls of the, of the palace of Sancherev, the king of Assyria, in, in modern-day Iraq, these, uh, you know, the writings have been uncovered in which Sancherev brags about his, how he ravished the cities of Judah, and he talks about how he locked Hezekiah up like a lion, like a bird in a cage, right? Um, but then he doesn't say anything about conquering Jerusalem, and which is which jives very well with what we just read here. Sancherev, of course, wouldn't go back and write a relief on his walls bragging about how he left in humility with his tail between his legs. So he just bragged about how he locked up Chizkiyahu um, as a, as a, a, in a siege, you know, which he did. But then the siege ended, but of course he's not going to brag about how the siege ended, and that of course makes a lot of sense. Thus, a significant correlation with ex- extra-biblical sources with the events as occurred, both... both um, Confirming that there wasn't, you know, this, this, um, uh, not that we necessarily need confirmation, but it's interesting anyway, uh, that there was the siege, that then, you know, and there's much archaeological evidence of the destruction wrought against the land of Judah outside Jerusalem and so on. By he who beit and the king Sancherev was bowing and worshiping at the house of his idol named Nisroch, his god. And his sons, assassinated him with a sword. It's potentially the assassination often happens when a king is perceived as weak, when a king suffers a tremendous defeat. So one would imagine that this weakness leads to mutiny, and potentially that's why they killed him. But then, they then ran off to the land of Ararat, Probably somewhere in modern day Turkey. And Isar Hadon then became king. Another one of his sons became king after Sancherev. And Sancherev is now gone as the king of Assyria, as the prophet had prophesied earlier in this chapter. This concludes chapter 19. Thank you so much for studying chapter 19 together with me. Looking forward to studying chapter 20 and the rest of this beautiful book of Kings. Have a wonderful day.